The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. And let me tell you, I'm glad to have you, but I'm even more excited to have our guest on today. He's the owner of KTT Properties, Trevor Thompson. Trevor, thanks for joining us. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, well, listen, the pleasure's all mine. I know we were talking right before we hit record. We met and connected with each other a bunch of times, different networking circles, but finally got some time to, to chat together and learn from your experiences. So I really appreciate it. For those that maybe haven't met you on the networking trail or hearing your voice or seeing your face for the first time, give us your origin story. Where you yeah. from, you know, what kind of real estate you got started out with, but what you're mainly doing these days. Yeah. So I'm originally from Niagara Falls, Canada, moved to the U.S., been here about 25 years. And about 20 something years ago, I got a job with iFly Indoor Skydiving. Our first team meeting, they gave everybody rich dad, poor dad. And I did what so many people did. Read it, go, this is amazing. Put it back on the bookshelf and continue to build my corporate life. So... But then about four and a half years ago, I decided, okay, I needed to get serious about it. Started passively investing, did quite a few passive investments. And now I'm switching to the active side because unfortunately COVID did end my career with iFly. I got you. Well, that's unfortunate, but I'm glad that it it hopefully jumpstarted the real estate career. And and thank you for saying that because I feel like uh, there are many people out there that they hear people, they started out with the little purple Bible, as I call it sometimes. Uh, they read it and they they fully expect, well, I'm just going to quit my job and do this, right? But that it's not the right move for everyone at that time. It's fantastic knowledge. And I, and I do think it unlocks a different way of thinking than most of us were used to. But I very much appreciate you being honest and saying, you know, that you put it back on the shelf. And I think for a lot of us, we'll we at least aren't ready maybe to make that move at that time. And that's okay. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. So tell me this, you know, you, you started out, you passively invested, you, you read rich dad, poor dad, you, you got all the ideas. You've done a lot of stuff since then. Tell me, I, I can't imagine it's been all perfect. So we wanted to bring you on to learn from your experiences, hear your stories and hopefully educate myself and our guest as well on maybe what not to do or how we can maybe avoid some of the things that you've gone through. Yeah. So of course I did what a lot of other people did, right? I went to what I call the the weekend fly-by-night salespeople seminars, you know, where you can buy an office building with your credit card, just got, just get a $50,000 limit and you'll be a landlord. And, you know, that wasn't very true. And then I did go to my local RIA and they had an event for commercial real estate. I was not interested in single family. To me, that felt like I was getting a job. But commercial real estate felt like I was getting into a business. And so I liked that concept of it. And so I joined that group. They were better at single family than they are multifamily, to be honest. But I still made some great connections, still started off my career, still in that group, still active in that group. But I've outgrown their education. But that's okay because, you know, everybody has to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's interesting too, because I think a lot of us will start to go to some of these groups and we oftentimes will think, well, I either already know this information or it's not relevant to me. I don't want people to sleep on the idea that there are other people in that group 
that may be thinking the same thing you are. And and I heard this the other day at our local uh, meetup group, uh, Rhea, here locally in Charleston, which is you're always one person away from doing your next deal or doing your next big thing. So don't be afraid to to stick it out and connect with some people. You know, Trevor, I think you do a fantastic job networking, getting out there in person, on the web, dealing with a bunch of different groups and, and connecting with people. You're never, you never know who you're going to meet there. You can yes. meet your next business partner, your next joint venture partner. Somebody's going to sell you a deal. Somebody's going to buy your deal. You never know. So, so kudos to you. And I think it's a under known thing or, or underutilized thing, I guess maybe is a better way to put it on staying there and, and feeling it out and getting to know the people there. Cause you never know who they know or that they can introduce you to. Yeah. And it, and it definitely is. This is clearly a relationship business and a team sport and you need to build relationships and you need to build a team and your team can be flow with different deals, with different situations you just want to make sure that when a deal comes, you're ready with the right people on your team. Yeah, can't can't agree with you more. I think we've heard uh, more so than some of the other kind of common themes is it's about relationships and people, and if it's it's not a how but who, right? Yeah. So so tell me what what was maybe one of the biggest unsuccess stories or struggles that you've had to deal with in your real estate career thus far? Yeah, so it was very interesting. So my first two investments, you know, I got a little bit of education, read that PPM, didn't understand one word of it really, you know, made these two passive investments and kind of chugged along for about a year. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm not really learning anything, you know? So I actually went to the main mentor in our group and the sponsor of the deal and said, I'm not learning anything. I really want to learn something. And I've got this strange schedule right now where I've got some bandwidth. Is there anything I could do? So they said, well, would you, we need some help with one of the assets you've invested in. Would you help us support our asset manager who stretched really thin and help him with the project? So I thought this is perfect. You know, this is exactly what I needed. It was a window into the operations side of what I wanted to do. And so I went there and I'll be honest, the second I arrived on the property, I went, oh no, I invested in this place. Like, do I need a gun? <laughs> um, you know, wow. And, you know, and I walked the property and listened very intently to what he said. And then, you know, they're basically that some sort of list of due diligence to get my bearings. And so I started doing lease audits and looking at different things. And I found all kinds of things that were wrong. So like they were counting move out skips as still in occupancy. And I'm like, well, why are we doing that? Well, that's so we show we're stabilized still. Well, but we're not really, they're not there. And then I found this drawer full of invoices. Well, why do we have a drawer full of invoices? Well, we've already spent our, yeah, but you've already spent this money. You know, it is, and anyways, a whole series of things I found. So I called up and said, listen, I need to meet with you and give you a report of what I found. I want to start. I don't want to start off on the wrong foot. And if you want me to be asset manager and not tell you the truth, I think this is kind of a silly thing to do. And right. so anyways, long story short, that asset manager wasn't around for much longer. And uh, they said, okay, well, that's okay. You can take care of it. You just manage the property management company. And then things really weren't getting better. So they decided they needed somebody to blame. So let's blame the property management company and we'll fire them and we'll self-manage, but don't worry, we'll help you. Well, help me was uh, once in a while was in deep end of the pool. They threw in a 25 pound weight and every once in a while, if I was really drowning, they might throw in a life preserver. But again, they switched off on seven properties. They were way overdone. 
And so luckily I just managed to roll up my shirt sleeves, you know, really dig in there. How can I turn this property around? What can I do? It was a very deep value add property with lots of underlaying issues, but we were making great, great progress. And then all of a sudden we all know what happened in March of 2020, this thing called COVID came along and we're like, okay, we just got to wait it out for a couple of months. We'll be all right. And, you know, our collections just kept going down and down and down. And, you know, it was harder to talk to tenants. We closed the office for a while and then we tried reopening the office. And I was literally doing Facebook messenger tours with with people of their apartment unit to see if they would want to buy it and get going. And we really struggled, but, you know, we held it together. We managed, we ran out of CapEx money. So we were trying to renovate out of cash flow because we needed to keep turning the units the idea was to prepare the asset for sale. And so, you know, worked very, very hard. I actually did 12,780 miles. I kept track of it in 10 months going back and forth to San Antonio. Again, all uncompensated, all volunteer work. And again, it sounds, it was the best education anybody, even if I got not paid for it, it would have cost me a fortune to buy it. So, and then when it came time to sell, we didn't quite see eye to eye on some things we were going to do. And when you're a volunteer and you don't see eye to eye, you're the next guy to go. So eventually, you know, that sell fell through because some of the things I didn't want to do, you know, they, they weren't going to tell the truth and due diligence reveals all the truth. And I knew that. And, you know, they were trying to, you know, ride kind of the hot market. And anyways, long story short, that asset finally did sell but we made no money. We all got our money back, which again is the main thing, but very disappointing in one of the hottest states in the real estate market where everything is going high, um, that it didn't. And what really happened was, is with nobody helping them, they were, they were struggling and they ended up with like an $835,000 retrade at close, which is substantial. But the, during the period it took almost five, six months to close the property, you know, they stopped spending money, of course, because it was going to sell. And, you know, we all paid for that. So that's a big lesson learned. Now, when I look at a deal, I'm very particular, like how much money do they have in the CapEx? What is their plan? Is it realistic? I look at the Google reviews online before, you know, I do Google Earth, I go there, I can go there and see it just to make sure I, and so again, I learned a ton, but it was, you know, it was very, it just, you need, you need to know those things. And I don't know if I would have learned all that without experiencing this. So I'm still going to chalk it up to the, you know, I'm, I know way more what to watch for when I'm passively investing and what I plan to do as an active investor to make sure I protect my investors. So something like this doesn't have to, to the people that gave me their hard earned money. Let, let me ask you, if you don't mind, you know, looking back to this group that you ultimately helped out and connected with, but, you know, invested with, what do you think were, was the biggest challenge for them? Was it, was it lack of experience? Was, was it being over leveraged, spread too thin? Where do you see where they kind of went uh, awry? And, and I ask because I know a lot of times we, we have guests on and they, they reiterate a lot that it's always operator first. Whenever you're looking to invest in a business, you got to look at the operator first. Are, are they a legit, do they have the knowledge on their team, the experience behind them, whatever it may be. But what was it about this group that ultimately led to them not performing the way that they had perceived they could? 
Yeah, and, and they definitely, they had some home runs, you know, because that's what they, of course, market during the thing and why you should join the group and that. They definitely had some home runs, but I think the home runs were almost gimmies. Like, you know, they bought an asset, they managed to keep it going, they managed to turn it, and they managed to sell it on a good up market. And it, it wasn't like a war, you know, big difference between, you know, having some fights and being in a war and a protracted war, you know, the very low end of the market was the hardest hit by COVID. You know, our people were servers, uh, pe- you know, people at the de- front desk at Applebee's. They'd all, you know, they were barely making it when they were getting a full paycheck. And then all of a sudden, and then they also, that clientele has a little different mentality. So I always tell the story when relief checks came out, there were 28 empty bo- big box screens TVs in our dumpster. And I'm quite sure those 28 people hadn't paid my, hadn't paid the rent, you know? So it's a little bit of a different, you know, and then they lowered their standards to get the occupancy up to sell it, which again, anybody buying a property, these things happen. And then it didn't sell and they got stuck with all these people. And, you know, it's just this thing that, you know, it it catches up to you eventually. And so I think they were just overextended and underfunded. You know, they underestimated what the big lift was and how much property taxes were going to go and that they could get from one loan product to another loan product. You you can only switch to a better loan product when you have better performance. And so, you know, they, they were unable to prove the better performance. So they were always struggling to, you know, and, and I know they had to put money in to even keep it going for a while there. I even volunteered to put money in if I had to, I'm glad I didn't have to, but you know, so Again, even even somebody who has a fairly decent track record can still hit a pretty serious speed bump. I'm still in some other deals with them. One got really hurt by COVID badly because it depended on us being able to clear the apartments and turn them into condos. And so you buy an underperforming apartment asset that you're going to turn into condos and you can't evict the tenants. But the crazy real estate market in Austin has completely saved that deal. You know, we were selling them pre-COVID for 282 and they just, they're selling them for 450 right now. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, that saved that deal for sure. Well, and, and I think it goes to show that, you know, we're going to find out whenever this market corrects, whenever that is, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know when it is. And I'm not going to, I don't have a crystal ball, yeah. but when it does, we'll find out a lot of different players, who's going to be left in the game. Yeah. Because I, to your point, I think a lot of people are getting bailed out by the market, which yeah perfectly fine. They're making money. Their investors are making money. Um, but it doesn't mean that that's a long-term success strategy because I think it, it's blinding them to the fact of, of things. That's not how things always go. Yeah. They're not able to flip properties every 18 to 24 months in a normal market. Yes. Uh, so I think uh, as Warren Buffett likes to say, you know, we'll, we'll find out who's been swimming naked when the tide rolls out. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and I love to, Trevor, you know, you, you hit on, like I said, one of the main topics, which is know your operators, whether you're going to partner with somebody, you're going to passively invest with somebody, you need to know the operators and who you're getting in business with and make sure that if they do have a successful track record, we've heard oftentimes on here as well, ask about any failures they've had, ask about any struggles they've had, T- tell them about, tell, make them tell you about the properties that didn't perform or underperformed. Uh, and how they handle that. And if they're unwilling or unable, then that may not be the right one for you. That's up for you to decide. But uh, I think that's a fantastic way to look at things 
and really get to a nitty gritty of how do they handle unprecedented events like COVID or just yeah. stressful events that normally pop up in real estate. So Trevor, I think that's a fantastic lesson. It's, as you said, it was a great way to learn it. Probably a lot of stress on your part, but I don't know if you could have paid for any better no, success on something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. but Trevor, listen, thank you for joining us today. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on here and being a part, sharing your experience and allowing us to learn from some of the things that you've gone through. For those that maybe want to work with you, invest with you, and even learn from you in the future, where's the best place folks can find you at? Yeah, so I'm very active on social media. So K. Trevor Thompson on LinkedIn and both Facebook. I do have a website, Niagara-Investments.com. So Niagara, because I'm from Niagara Falls, Canada. That's where it comes from. And you'll find I'm very active, though, on social media. You can easily find me. Perfect. I, I will attest. Uh, I love Trevor's content. He's super active out there on the on the interweb. So go find him. It's super easy. Trevor, thank you again for joining. I truly appreciate it, sir. My pleasure. Yeah. And everyone for listening and watching at home, we thank you and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.